0: I'm drinking another peach cider. I went to get some for the party tomorrow. And the grocery store is like two short blocks from my apartment, and I was just mm-hmm. grabbing drinks. So I just like walked out and um I grabbed the drinks and then the grocery store lady was like, "Do you need a bag?" And I was like, "No, I'm just I was holding I was holding 24 cans, but they were boxed, you know. I was like, "I can do okay. this." Okay. I couldn't do it, so I dropped one of them. I dropped like a, like an a six pack, like an open air six packs, not boxed. Oh, you know, uh huh, yeah. Um, just in the middle of the road, and then when it dropped, only one half of them came off. So like one, th- like three cans from one side just popped right out. The other three were totally uh-huh. fine. Two of them were just bouncing around, like having a good time on the street, and then <laughs> one of them, like cracked open but like only in a very like thin sliver you know like it just started spraying water and like spinning in a circle okay. in the middle of the road and it hosed down like two cars passing by oh my um, god um with cider and i just left <laughs> wow so I, I have i have nine cans for um for tomorrow's party <laughs> i see
1: well, <laughs> I'm glad they survived. I was trying to listen to like a bunch of different recordings um, of the show just to like see, and on Apple Music and iTunes, there's like no recording newer than 1962. And I was like, that's crazy, and because they did a 2003 like TV movie with Chris and Chenowith as um, Marion and Matthew Broderick as um, Harold Hill. And I was like, did they just not release a soundtrack for that? Because that sounds like really weird. But they did. And the only place I could find it was like Amazon was selling the physical CD of it. So I just don't think it's on streaming. And then when I was on that Amazon page, I found out that the 2000 revival also had a cast reporting. But it looks like it is also only on like physical CD. So I don't know what happened to like people were like, we don't need to listen to these newer versions of Music Man. Like, fuck them.
2: There certain words creeping into his conversation. Words like... Trouble, Swell. Trouble, 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 and so's your old trouble, man. It's so, my friends. You got trouble. 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 Riding right into, right into the city. With a capital T that rides with P that stands for We've surely got trouble. trouble. Riding into the city. Right Remember the main
0: Plymouth Rock
2: and the Golden Road! My children. children.
0: Welcome to Bottomless Broadway, where we talk musicals over mimosas, or wine and moonshine and cider. Um, Today, we are here to talk about probably the most important revival of the season, and the only official revival episode we're doing, because we already reviewed
1: Company last year.
0: So today's episode is about Music Man the six hundred dollar ticket show which yeah we did not i mean also just
1: like spend. arguably the biggest show opening this season so yeah i truly am shocked that they did rush tickets i was like wow there's like a possibility of actually getting tickets because you know like when they do lotteries i'm like yeah when it's a lottery for something like music man like i'm not gonna win that but um they did rush. And Loki, I'm convinced that they did rush because they didn't want to set aside tickets for lottery. They were like, no, we are selling every ticket we could possibly sell. And then whoever's in the rush line can have the leftovers,
0: can have the shitty seats.
1: Because when I went to the box office before it started, I was asking them about stuff. And they do sell you box seats at the box office. Like you could buy box seats for $159. But damn. I mean, our seats were not great, but
0: you know what? We saw it and that's what matters. Yeah. And we both, like, surprisingly liked it, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll give a quick summary. Music Man, super old show about this, like, slimy salesman, I guess, who goes around different, like, small towns and pretends to be, like, a band conductor. And he's like buy all of my instruments, buy all my band uniforms. I will teach your kids how to play shit and be upstanding young men. But really he can't do any of that shit. And he just collects all this money and friends before, um, they can actually figure out that he doesn't read music. Um, so he comes to this town in Iowa and he does the same thing, except there is a female piano teacher who's super hot and extremely set on hating most men for very good reason. And um, she's just like, I call BS on this, except she like obviously falls in love with him because he's Hugh Jackman. And then the town finds out that
1: he's a liar. Well, but because this (laughs) musical is written in the 70s, or sorry, not the 70s, the 50s, Everybody's happy at
0: It was a little too happy by like modern standards, but it wasn't like ridiculously too happy. We've seen worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, and that I'm was okay the thing
1: for both of us. Also, because we both didn't really like know this show going in. Like I knew the basics, sort of the basics about it, and like some of the songs. And like you know, I watched Schmigadoon, so I knew all those plot points. But um, like I didn't know My the elementary show. Elementary school put this on, which
0: oh, really? I can't believe happened. <laughs> Yeah, we had this um this music teacher that was like clearly too ambitious and too talented to be an elementary school music teacher. Like the music teacher that came after him put on this like three song show about snow falling. But he was like I'm going to have fifth graders do Music Man and he put on pretty much the entire show. And oh there was, like, a proper set, and, like, he lugged his own grand piano onto the stage. Um, Wait, were you in this show? Yeah. It was, but I didn't get any, I didn't do anything cool because, um, like, all the sixth graders got to play the main parts, oh. and then we were just ensemble. Mm-hmm. And then the next year, when we did the stupid snow falling show, I got a solo, <laughs> but I was like, why couldn't I have been a sixth grader a year earlier?
1: so it was really sad but that's how i know this show i see yeah i meant to like watch the movie before we recorded this episode but i had zero time so that didn't happen i watched a few clips though so whatever um but no what was i about to say about well okay yeah so i didn't know the show super well you've seen the elementary school version of it um (laughs) But it was fine, because I actually just found out that Sutton Foster didn't know the show either, so it's fine. Um, Well, she said, like, she, she, like, knew all the songs and stuff, but she wasn't like, oh my god, I want to play Marion. She, like, didn't actually, like, she didn't even know the character of Marion. She said her, like, husband taught her about Marion or something, because her husband's also, like, a big musical theater person. I think the reason why we both like, like, like this show more than we expected is because feels like a golden age musical without being a gold without being too golden agey if that makes sense like in terms of the plot the characters like most golden age musicals have like ingenues as the leading female character and this show has basically a whole song that's like fuck ingenues like i want a real person
0: yeah i agree like it's an old musical I think it holds up really well I know you said they made some changes but Mm -hmm. overall it's like I feel like it's very unique and kind of its own category and like not the same vibe as all the other 50s shows um like I think the score is really cool because there's like a lot of talk singing that Mm -hmm. is not like Sondheim and is not like rap it's Right, its own thing that I really enjoy. Like, I think the lyrics are like pretty clever and pretty quirky, and like the talking allows them to get through it faster. But it's not like any other type of talk singing that
1: I really right. see in a show about the like sort of changes that they made and stuff. Um, Slate has a really interesting article about this that I can link in the show notes because they took out a lot of, and this has been a common trend with shows that are getting put on there's a whole theater mania article talking about that too on whether or not shows should be like quote-unquote political but basically they like because this was written in the 50s like a big deal was like the influence of like rock and roll and all those parents being like oh my god i don't want my kids listening to that shit um and so like harold hill sort of like plays on that um in the original, which they sort of cut out for this, um, hold on, I'm trying to find the exact quotes in, um, you got trouble. So in the original one, apparently he was like, Oh, like, don't listen. Like your kids are listening to like shameless ragtime and with like the jungle animal instinct or whatever. And that's supposed to like play on the racism of the people of the time being like, Oh, like that's black people music. Like that's the jungle instinct or whatever. But they changed those lyrics to like, um, just modern music instead of shameless ragtime and instead of jungle animal instinct, they say the depths of syncopr- syncopated frenzy. Um, and so this article is talking about how like the fact that they're cutting the race baiting from the show makes it seem like the townspeople are a little more like open-minded, which almost plays against the show because you want the townspeople to be like close-minded so that you can sort of, contrast off of them and stuff and the same with shapoopy in this version it's like you'll wait until a girl says one the lyric that they cut was they say squeeze her once while she isn't looking if you squeeze it back that's fancy cooking once more for a pepper upper she'll never get sore on her way to supper i honestly don't even know what half of that means but (laughs) (laughs) they found it worthy to change um wow which, like, a lot of people just hated. They were like, how could you change Shapoopy? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, I mean, I I understand that it's like, oh, you're showing the sensibilities of the people in this town. But, honestly, I was not listening to the lyrics in Shapoopy, So, I didn't really care.
0: I wasn't either. But, honestly, the townspeople were, like, still very hateable. So, I think it's <laughs> fine.
1: Yeah. Also, they really, like, milked the joke out of saying balzac like five times on yeah. stage because every time people they say like, oh, balzac <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> didn't you say meredith
0: wilson is from iowa like why does he mm-hmm. hate his own state so much maybe he
1: was just like marion he was like fuck these people no one reads books here well because there's that whole song iowa stubborn which the townspeople people sing about how they're like quote-unquote iowa stubborn it's so and- funny i love it <laughs> but like Damn, they sound like assholes. Well, my favorite part is like, um, we could stand touching noses for a week at a time and never see eye to eye. But what the heck, you're welcome. Join us at the picnic. You can eat your fill of all the food you bring yourself.
0: Right. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. That's Um, my favorite line, too, about the picnic. (laughs) Well, so that's the second song. But the first song that opens the show is like people that we almost never see again, characters that we almost <laughs> never see again. Just like a fuck ton of salesmen on a train. And then they are just like talking about how they make money and they bring up how there's this guy named Harold Hill who's scamming everyone. And that like they're ruining, he's ruining like the good name of salespeople. And right. um, it's, this, it's just this one guy who's like, I hate him, he's he's ruining my career basically but um (laughs) the song is significant to me because of that book you recommended to me
1: Mm -hmm. what is it called
0: the secret life of the american musical that one the writer is like the opening of music man is the most amazing opening ever because the words that they use in it represent like the sounds of um, a train because like at one point they keep repeating the word cash and it's supposed to be like the train starting or something mm-hmm. Um, and then at the
1: end they keep repeating something else I don't even remember is it yes sir like yes sir yes to be like the brakes on the train yeah
0: honestly it sounded a lot less like a train than I wanted it to I was so excited but what was really impressive to me was that like this train this song it's not a short song. Everyone sings and like it's it goes by pretty fast, like the dialogue's really fast and everything. And the entire time on a totally stationary stage, there's just like nine grown men just bouncing like a train, like they're on a train <laughs> for the full song. And like to the exact same like rhythm and everything, like no one misses a beat. They're just like and
1: it's also acapella. Bombing. So it's not like you have yeah. the orchestra to like keep the beat for you.
0: I was still amazed. I was like watching carefully to find someone to mess
1: up. I like had read the book a while ago, so I forgot that they were obsessed with this opening. Um, But once you like mentioned that, I was like, and I listened to the song again. I was like, you know, it is kind of cool. But I had to like have someone mention it to me first to like realize that that's what was happening.
0: Yeah. Maybe people knew Train Sounds better in the 50s.
1: (laughs) Kind of a side note, but in the new West Side Story movie, when they go on the subway for like the subway sound when it like arrives or whatever, they do like a a tritone because the tritone is like everywhere in the West Side Story score. But then there are people in that one like train group on Facebook who are like, this was not the accurate sound for like 1950s MTA (laughs) or whatever. And I was like, Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) And then basically at the end of the song, Harold is like, Hey, it me, and then he runs off the train. And um, all the salesmen are oh no, like, so
1: like oh. it's because they talk about this one town and they're like, oh, no one can like pass up anything in that town. like like no one's gonna touch Iowa. They're not gonna buy it. like whatever. And Harold is like, I will take that as a challenge. And he jumps off the train. Harold Hill has
0: like a strong need to prove that he's charismatic enough to get them to share their picnic with him. <laughs> so he runs off last minute and no one else can chase him off because I guess like he really does it as the doors close and the salesmen are like actually angry because they're like, we need to catch this scammer because... He
1: doesn't know the territory. Isn't
0: Yeah, I don't even fucking know what that means. Like the territory of Iowa, of
1: sales, like... So... Apparently, I'm on Genius.com for lyrics for the you got to know the territory thing. They say at the time, a company usually gave a salesman an exclusive territory. He was expected to get to know the customers in the territory very well. And in return, the company would not let anyone else sell in his territory. Cash
2: for the merchandise. Cash for the button hooks. Cash for the cotton goods. Cash for the hard goods. Cash for the fancy goods. Cash for the soft goods. Cash for the noggins and the piggins and the frickins. Cash for the hogshead cask and jemmy jar. Cash for the crackers and the pickles and the flypaper. Look, what do you talk? 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 What do you get it? What do you talk? You can talk. You can talk. You can bicker. You can talk. You can bicker, bicker, bicker. You can talk. You can talk. You can talk, 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 bicker, bicker, bicker. You can talk all you want, her, but it's different than it was no it ain't. no it ain't. but you gotta know the territory shh, shh, shh,
0: shh, shh, shh. so so he gets off the train and he like happens to know this guy that works at a bar but not a bar in town but this not bar just got a pool table and he's like I'm gonna pretend like this pool table is basically heroin and <laughs> that's what ya got trouble is I love this song too. This is one of those like rappy but not rappy songs that I was talking Mm -hmm. about. Honestly, all of these are so funny and I don't know why I like them so much. I'm not sure if it's like the delivery or the lyrics, but he gaspers the town around and he's like, this pool Mm -hmm. table is the gateway drug to your son being a felon
1: and gambling away all your money and
0: (laughs) and everyone believes him.
1: My favorite part about this is, like, he does this whole thing, and he turns everybody against the, like, pool table and stuff, and then he finds out that the mayor, like, owns the pool hall or something, and he's like, well, fuck, now the mayor hates me. And that's the whole, like, he didn't know the territory, so he didn't realize that was, like, a big fuck-up for him. Um, His friend and so I then- like should have
0: told him. like, <laughs> yeah. what, what a shitty friend.
1: But then for the rest of the show, he's basically like trying to dodge the mayor, which is also pretty funny. He
0: pisses off the mayor and then also pawns his daughter off to the resident bad boy. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. On accident. Um, (laughs) Who is really great. Like both the daughter and her boyfriend were really good in the show. Mm -hmm. Anyways, he tells the mayor's wife, like, you're the most amazing dancer ever. You should be our choreographer. And she's like incredibly uncoordinated although her final <laughs> show turned out a lot better than i thought because the rehearsal preview was like <laughs> wild um so then we meet Miriam for the first time i think she's a piano teacher her house mm-hmm. is super cute she lives with a mom who looks like her great grandmother and um she <laughs> is teaching piano to this little girl her brother has. Her brother is like four and has a lisp. Maybe like eight. I don't know. Kids. Um, I would
1: say like six or something. Yeah. Great. Average. Oh um, well. Wikipedia says ten.
0: <laughs> Never mind. He is not ten. Well, anyways, he has a lisp and he's like kind of a social outcast because he refuses to talk because of his lisp. And for some reason, this little girl that Miriam is teaching to play the piano has, like, decided that her little brother is going to be, like, the love of her life.
1: What's the little brother's name? Um, uh, Winthrop. Winthrop. And the, the little girl she's teaching is Amaryllis.
0: Yeah. So Amaryllis loves Winthrop, even though he has shown no interest in her and also doesn't talk. And also and- she makes fun of his lisp. Yeah, but then she's like it's good natured because I love him and I'm like what? <laughs> Um and then Miriam is like why why him and she's like well he's the one she doesn't explain it like I I get they're trying to show like how traditional this town is and like it's very ingrained in all of the women starting from a really young age besides Miriam that like they need to find a husband and like the whole town makes fun of her for being a spinster. But like,
1: why is he the one? Like there's, there's probably other boys that talk. Kids aren't smart like that though. It's fine. Also, I just want to say the guy playing Winthrop, um, Benjamin Pajak, first of all, he's like on full time. I guess his role isn't that big, but he does not have an alternate. Um, but, like, he is really dedicated to that lisp. Like, I was so impressed with that. Because he has a whole song later on where he just lisps his way through the whole song. When Marion first gets home, or, no, when we first get to Marion, she's teaching Amaryllis piano. And I actually really like this, where it's, like, she's teaching Amaryllis how to play this one song, and and she's like simultaneously arguing with her mother about like oh there's a new man in town and her mother's like this might be your last chance to ever find a man because oh, all the men in this on town her are at this out. point already apparently she was he was like following her or something oh. and i think he might have tried to ask her out because like it's in the song she's like oh there's a random man following me today i've never seen him right. before because and her mother's immediately like this is your last chance at love <laughs>
0: Because the not bartender is like, you'll never lie your way out of this town, Harold. There's a stick-up-her-ass piano teacher who will call you on your bullshit. So he's like, I'm going to go scope this bitch out. And and then she's like, absolutely
1: not. (laughs) Because I think she was like, oh, I saw what you were like telling all those parents back there. And I know that you're full of bullshit. So fuck off. Um,
0: yeah and her mom is just like this guy could be really nice a guy from out of town likes you what are the chances this is amazing and she's like (laughs) you don't know her yeah you don't know him so
1: (laughs) but yeah no but I like this because it's like she starts singing in the same melody as um what Amaryllis is playing and so it's like she's like both instructing Amaryllis on this melody at the same time that she's just like singing this melody to argue with her mother. Um, and I just really liked that sort of setup. I thought that was kind of cool. So do la me a
2: little slower and please keep the fingers curved as nice and high as you possibly can. Don't get faster, dear. If you don't mind my saying so, it wouldn't have hurt you to have found out what the gentleman wanted. I know what the gentleman wanted. What, year? You'll find it in Balzac. Excuse me for living, but I never read it. Neither has anyone else in this town. There you go again with that same old comment about the low mentality of River City people and taking it all too much
0: to... And well, so she finally convinces Amaryllis that, like, she doesn't need to have a crush on Winthrop, which doesn't eventually mean anything because she still does. But in this (laughs) moment, Amaryllis is like, no, because... Like, then who would I say goodnight to? And then she's like, just say goodnight to my someone. And then she starts this song singing to Amaryllis. And then she gets, like, super introspective and just deletes Amaryllis completely from the scene.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a sweet song. Um Sutton Foster's not, like, a true soprano, but the keys that they gave her are higher than I would have, like, expected them to be. Like, it's not that very, like, head voicey soprano, but she does reach, like, kind of a soprano range.
0: I didn't like her so much in this first scene, but I liked her for the rest of the show, and, like, her vocal range doesn't bother me. I've said this before, but, like, she has a really hard face to put into like period costume she just mm-hmm. looks very modern and she walks she like carries herself very modern and like when she sings she like moves very modern so like that part's a little weird but I was really shocked when um you showed me that review that was like Sutton Foster's fine but Hugh Jackman sucks and I was like <laughs> I thought he was better to be honest I didn't think she sucked either. But I liked him. And, like, not because of his ass.
1: (laughs) It is a good role for him. I think he, like, plays well. Because he's, like, he can sing. But he's not, like, the strongest singer. Like, he's not that, like, classic musical theater tenor. You know? Um, And so I feel like the role of Harold Hill worked pretty well for him. I was actually reading this, like, Vogue article that they did with... um, It's, like, a, a... what's it called a feature a feature that they did with um, Hugh Jackman and he was talking about how like everybody kept telling him that he needed to do Harold Hill and he was like yeah whatever and then apparently one day he woke up he's like I need to do Harold Hill and I'm <laughs> like what <laughs> um, and so then he called his agent and his agent was like okay cool we can do that and I'm like, is this, like, some white man bullshit where he just, like, manifests a role for himself in a revival that, like, did not exist exist yet? Like, what? Like, people were going crazy. Because also, or maybe when the tickets first went on sale and people saw how expensive the tickets were, like, people were, like, passionately defending the ticket price. They were like, okay, but you don't understand until you've seen Hugh Jackman in person. Like, that charisma, you just have to be there to see it. I remember it. I like,
0: that. <laughs> he is very fun to watch though and like he's a very like joyful and charming dancer and i feel like Mm -hmm. the little like wiggle dances that are in this show suit him really well because he just like pulls it off and it's not weird i feel like they're like not the most macho dance moves but like (laughs) they work great on him Mm -hmm. um also obsessed with almost all of his costumes (laughs) <laughs> I know I said I don't like him for his ass, but like he has some great pants in this show that like but, like that doesn't mean powder... you can't like his ass. <laughs> True. That powder blue pant with like the suspenders.
1: And then he had that mm-hmm. like white linen, um... that white suit. And it also just in general, this is a show where you can tell that everybody's having so much fun doing the role for this show. Like Hugh Jackman in particular, I'd say, because... Sutton Foster's Marion has to act like kind of curmudgeonly for a a bit of the show, but like they're all just like look like they're having the time of their lives doing the show. So I think it's just like that plays into it as well. Um, I almost feel like he's kind of playing himself like he just has this
0: like I'm very happy to be on stage vibe (laughs) the whole time,
1: Um, which I guess is like a nice energy to have. But Yeah. There was yeah. this meme going around where it was like, like, producers, like, Hugh, we want you to play Wolverine. And Hugh, but I just want to sing. And producers, Hugh, we want to be, we want you to be in another movie, Hugh, but I want to sing. And they're like, it's Les is, And just like Hugh and exclamation points. And I'm like, that's cute. <laughs> but, but also, I think he was, like, vastly miscast for Les Mis. Like, after watching Les Mis, I was convinced he could not sing. So, <laughs> that was that was a move. But, you know, he's great. Then we got Greatest Showman. I was like, all right, he's fine.
0: <laughs>
1: and he's really good in
0: this. But So, back to Goodnight, My Someone. The thing that also bothers me about this scene is, like, this is not how I picture Marion. Like, because later on, when she talks about the kind of man that she does want versus doesn't want, she's very, like, matter of fact about it. And, like, at this point, she, like, already likes Harold Hill, too. So, like, you would think that, like, this is when she gets swept away, kind of. But she's like, Mm -hmm. no, I just want a guy who's, like, chill, good to me, comes home, reads a book. And it's, like, very, (laughs) like, she's like, she's like, this is going to be our day to day. Thank you. Um, but then in Goodnight, My Someone, it's, I don't know, like, I feel like she's coming off more romantic than I want her to be.
1: I could see that. I mean, I think the thing with Goodnight, My Someone is not that it's like, like she wants, it's not like the way that Amaryllis is thinking it where she like, needs someone to say goodnight to, but it's more that like. She wants a relationship, but she's like willing to wait until someone who meets her standards comes along. Like it's she's not single because she like wants to stay single forever. She's single because no one in town is good enough for her. But I like it is like a very sort of like more poetic song than you'd expect. I
0: guess and, like, for the good night, my someone part are not what bothers me. It's like the later refrains where they're like, sweet dreams carry you close to me. Or like true love can be whispered from heart to heart. That stuff is just weird to me because I don't know. Like I know she's like, I feel like to the rest of the town, they're like, she's a spinster and she's given up on love. And she claims to not have, but she still is like quite cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, So yeah, it's a weird song for me it's such a famous song but i feel like it doesn't like slot into the show that perfectly
1: yeah i feel that um i also felt super dumb for not realizing this because they do this like later in the show but that goodnight my someone and 76 trombones is like the same melody and i was like wait what because i
0: didn't know that wait hold on
1: yeah, like one's just like way slowed down and all that. Like if you just listen to like the reprise version of this on like any of the cast albums and it actually like makes sense. Like it's wow. it's wild.
0: I mean, I can see it. Like they're not exactly the same, but I can see it. But that's crazy because I never would have noticed. I also really like 76 trombones. So I guess that
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah. But Weird. Mm-hmm. what the fuck
1: I know Meredith Wilson was like on some shit writing this like this was like also his only successful musical so I don't know what his yeah. other musicals sound like but like he like, was just like I'm gonna do this and it's gonna be the best thing ever
2: good night my someone good night my love sleep time.
0: like a town gathering Harold Hill slips in and is like this town is going to hell by trombones and then he sings something it's like trombones. what
1: this town needs is a boys band and then he hands a bunch of shit to girls so he like like there
0: are boys and girls but then like immediately after he says boys band he just like gathers a bunch of girls <laughs> so i don't know if that's on purpose i hope it is I don't know if, like, originally it was all boys. Or I guess, like, marching band is maybe, like, a boyish thing historically. Right.
1: There are a lot of girls in the band. Yeah. Well, so one of the critiques, like, not necessarily... Like, one of the general criticisms I saw early on for this show was people were complaining about how all the dance sequences were, like, extended a ton and that they just seem to like slow down the show or whatever. And this, to be fair, this is a very long sequence, like 76 trombones after they stop singing. Um, They have a whole like scene where he's basically convincing all the kids to join the band. But that part like didn't bother me because it was like doing something. It didn't feel like it was just dancing for the sake of dance. It was like still telling the story. And I don't know, maybe like you don't, need it to be told that explicitly but like I liked it and again like the whole ensemble is really great so like I enjoyed watching that I
0: enjoyed watching it I don't think it was doing that much storytelling Um, and I usually hate extended dance sequences to be honest because i'm not a dance person but it didn't bother me because it's like so high energy and there's like 50 fucking kids on stage and they're like going in and out of the wings like forming a snake and um there's like just like little things that are happening and then more people joining into the dance and like hugh jackman's dancing and it like like i didn't actually think it was moving the plot by a lot but like as its own contained scene it was there was enough happening that i thought it was fun right i
1: mean it's like not like if you took it out it wouldn't matter but it's like it wasn't just like let's just watch people watch some people dance now right like it was still just like oh like you can watch him introducing each person to like the air version of the instrument that they're gonna play and stuff like yeah. that. And it was like it was still like him interacting with the kids and like basically getting the kids on his side. It wasn't just like, oh, let's just watch a dance break that happens for no reason.
0: You know what this is? This is um this is that song from School
1: of Rock. Um so You're in the band?
0: You're in the band.
1: <laughs> is this School of Rock? No.
0: No, because because
1: Wait, wasn't he also Rock, so, so I actually, didn't watch school but wasn't he also up to something sus?
0: He was like trying. He was like a failed musician trying to convince his students to like help him. But okay. he actually was a musician.
1: Right. I do really like 76 trombones um, like as a song, too. I agree with you there. Um, I mean, I probably prefer to goodnight my someone since they're the, apparently the same song. And, like, my favorite part is right after this. Like, again, the um, mayor is still, like, this man destroyed my billiards parlor or whatever. And so he tells the school board to go get his credentials. And the <laughs> school board, it's, it's such a dumb thing, but it's so funny.
0: And it's ridiculous how <laughs> stupid people are. Like, they're really pushing the line of, like us believing this even considering how like campy and staged it is
1: like he's literally like oh you have such a great like bass register like when one of the school board members tries to talk to him and he's like can you like sustain this note for me and the guy's like um okay and then he just like does that with each of the other guys and the next thing you know they're a barbershop quartet and I'm like, what?
0: They sound so good. But he does it so many more times. And like <laughs> later on they're like, We're not falling for that anymore. And then they do like twenty seconds later. It also seems like he like knows a little bit about music, you know? Like because he teaches this barbershop quartet. And granted the school board is somehow like incredible singers and they didn't know it <laughs> until they were sixteen. And they years can old. maintain that harmony. <laughs> Exactly. And with no training, like obviously all of it's ridiculous, but like he was still like showing them the harmonies and he's like, okay, now go up three notes, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, he's clearly like, you know, just like a smart, slick guy. He knows harmonies, just like lock yourself in your hotel for 10 hours and learn how to read sheet music, and then you'll have a real non-scammy business. It's yeah. not that hard. Yeah. Like, it's, it's hard to be a really good musician, but I feel like it's not that hard to read some notes and pretend like you know what you're doing a little better than he's doing now. Right. But anyways, my thoughts during 76 trombones was like, how big is this fucking town this is very ambitious because the whole time they're like (laughs) this is a small loser town and he's like 76 trombones followed by 110 cornets followed by just the hundreds of rows of more instruments and i'm like what 70s
1: i've never seen 76 trombones in my life not even like at the (laughs) thanksgiving day parade in new york I guess they had nothing else to do, so the whole band, or the whole town would just join the band or something. I mean, that's I basically the proposal of this musical. <laughs> yeah, he's like, there's nothing else to do except. He's like, all the housewives cool. can join Mrs. Eulalie's <laughs> dance crew. Also, again, how does how the fuck did he come up with these names? Were these like actual names that people had? Because that's wild to me. And all
0: of the housewives are like in love with Harold Hill because he's Hugh Jackman. And he, like, boosts their confidence because he's like, you're all amazing dancers.
2: 76 trombones led the big parade with 110 cornets close at hand. They were followed by rows and rows of the finest virtuosos, the cream of every famous band. Seventy-six trombones caught the morning sun with 110 cornets right behind. There were more than a thousand reeds springing up like weeds. There were horns of every shape and kind.
0: After that, um, Harold and his bar friend Marcellus talk about women and that's when he sings the sadder but wiser girl which is the anti ingenue song mm-hmm. um, and he's basically just like all of those stand up comedians that are like do not date this perfect amazing girl like this because she will trap you and ruin your life <laughs> it's that song but 50 years ago um, mm-hmm. there's actually this um TikTok of so, so Justin Bieber's stupid song, the yummy yum or whatever, that one, yummy. Oh yeah. Uh huh. There's that like, I don't know if it's like a chorus. I don't know the song, but it's like the, yeah, you got that yummy yum. And there's this like challenge where people, um, just like gyrate. To that because it's like a good rhythm uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, there were these like nurses maybe like promoting vaccines or something i don't know but five of them were all lined up on a staircase it's like different heights and they were all doing the stance as a tiktok and all of them were like super hot nurses that were doing this perfectly except for the middle girl who looked like a broken crane um <laughs> it was i mean like i can say this because i'm 100 percent sure i look worse there is this like one guy reacting to the video and he's like, listen, listen, you want the girl in the middle because the rest of these girls will give you an 18, three, four or something like that. And he was like, that's 18 years of child support, three slash tires and four broken windows. And oh that God. is this song. Damn. Yeah, that's this song because Harold Hill is just like, if you date this like innocent doey-eyed sunday school girl she will trap you forever and never let you live your
1: life i want a cynic hoe this was originally written to be like either sung in counterpoint or a duet with my white knight Mm -hmm. um and so apparently there's some like vinyl somewhere it's like only on vinyl and this vinyl is like extremely rare of like meredith wilson singing his own songs from the show as well as like cut songs and like giving commentary about it or something but apparently there's a version of this where um his wife maybe sings like my white knight over it i think so those Mm -hmm. two were also apparently meant to go together there's like a video on youtube of the songs together but i don't know if it's like I, I feel like they just put the two songs together because I don't think they fit that well in this YouTube video. This one was also just fun on stage because they do it like what is what is that style called where they like dance with the like canes and the top the hats and, a and hat, stuff? Like a, is that a vaudeville situation? Like yeah, maybe I don't know. So but it's like it him and hard. his buddy Marcellus, but it's mostly just Harold Hill and Marcellus is like I'm just gonna do the dance moves while I listen to this guy tell me how shitty ingenues are.
2: No bright eyed blushing breathless baby doll baby. No, sir, that kind of child ties knots. No sailor ever knew. I preferred to take a chance on a more adult romance. No do a young miss who keeps resisting. All the time she keeps insisting. No bright-eyed, wholesome, innocent female. No, sir. Why
1: she's the fisherman, I'm the fish you see. I actually really like pick a little talk a little. Like uh-huh. I actually think this is a great song. Like, it's such a, like, random, like, I don't know. It would be, like, a small song. But I love this. First of all, it, like, always gets stuck in my head. And it's just, like, so good at encapsulating what the, like, housewives of, the real housewives of River City, Iowa (laughs) are like. And, you know, it's basically just them gossiping about Marion to um, Harold Hill. They get another great, like, Balzac reading. And, <laughs> and like, and, yeah, and they're, like, oh, like, talking about rumors about, um, he left River, like, the old librarian, he left River City library building, but he left all the books to her. And I'm just, it's, like, so catty. Like, I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. And then also at the end, when um, the barbershop quartet comes in and they start singing "Goodnight ladies over it. And I don't know, something about that, just like, it, it's just so great. Like, I love it.
0: Yeah, all the housewives love Harold Hill. And they're just like, do not go after Marion. She's a hoe who probably yeah. dated her old uncle that left her all of these books. And I feel like because we just heard Satter But Wiser Girl, we're like, wow, that's exactly what he wants. You guys are <laughs> ruining it for yourselves. <laughs> what is mary in the librarian
1: that's the one where they're like in the library and they're like literally throwing oh. books around and he's low-key like workplace harassment like i don't he know he doesn't work
0: there so it's just her that's true yeah
1: he just pops in and he's like date me and
0: chases her around to library
1: it was so i like was not a big fan of this song i mean the song itself it's like in a weird talky singing range where like it just is not as engaging as the other talky singing songs.
0: Um and then we have My White Knight, which you said they added a fuck ton of lyrics to, right?
1: Right. Well, so the original version of My White Knight is like shorter. Um and this isn't like they they didn't uh they didn't write their own lyrics for this unlike shapoopy but it was like a different version that Meredith Wilson wrote. Um which it is actually like uh Barbara Cook did it in her like Carnegie Hall performance that was recorded on CD so you can listen to like this version of it. But all the things about like um like I don't want this person like someone transcribed the lyrics and it's like um no world traveler, no factor fancy, no show off, no clothes horse. He does he need not necessarily be in uniform, uh no clean cut, weather beaten, square rigged white duck, pants and tennis shoes. Some wild descriptions here, honestly. Be he from the Arabian Nights or the French Foreign Legion, no Lothario shoe salesman, no band leader, no railroad conductor, or any other charmer, either of me or anybody else. I I think that's probably like...
0: very on the nose. (laughs) It's just like, I don't want this guy. Do you get it?
1: Yeah. But this is also probably the part where I'm like, okay, I can maybe see how this plays into Satter But Wiser Girl because it's like done in a bit of like a patter song vibe like mm-hmm. before she gets into the actual like my white knight melody. So I'm like, okay, I could see how this might fit into Sadder But Wiser Girl. Um but yeah like the um the actual My White Knight part is like my white knight can be a blacksmith, well digger, clerk or king. All I want is a plain man, a modest man, a quiet man, a straightforward and honest man with habits that do not necessarily include the chewing of snuff Or exploding root beer in the cellar every June. Is that a thing that they did? Like, I don't know. But apparently (laughs) that's on her list. She doesn't know what she wants. She's just like...
0: She's only seen dumbasses and she's struggling. She's just like, not these people. She's (laughs) like, I know what I don't want. I know it really well. I made a whole list. I actually liked this song because of all the stuff that was added in the front. So I was really surprised when you said those weren't in previous productions Mm -hmm. i think it makes the song so much better otherwise like my white knight is just like another marion ballad and it's like whatever yeah and it also just kind of shows like marion has more depth it adds some character it's like kind of funny kind of feisty um and it definitely like modernizes her character a little bit too
2: no mofairy no or shoe salesman, no band leader, no railroad conductor or any other charmer, either of me or anybody else. No chautauqua advance agent, no fortvillion, no depot telegrapher. I'm not dazzled over any such a kind of fascinating flame. All I want is a plain man, a modest man, a quiet man a straightforward and honest man to sit with me in a cottage somewhere in the state of Iowa
0: and listen with a smile to a poem or a song. Essentially at the end of act one, um, Winthrop, the brother is so fucking pumped about the marching band that he starts talking despite his lisp. And it's a very dramatic reflection of like the mood of all of the other kids in the town and really the entire town. I think, like, you know, they're an apathetic Iowa town as they self declared, and um, not a lot of expi- exciting things have happened to them and this marching band happens it's the summer the kids are out of school everyone's really excited running around with their instruments like there's something happening so people are really pumped and like it gives winthrop the exact amount of confidence he needs to just own his lisp so he's so fucking hyped that like you know he talks and then um and then marion is like i got to keep this lying asshole around now because he's the only reason that my brother talks so previously she like hated him so much that she went to her amazing library of old books and found proof that um Harold Hill was lying because he claimed to be from Gary, Indiana, and he said that he, like, graduated in a certain year, and it's not possible because, like, the town didn't exist yet. And she was going to give the book to the mayor, and she still did because she already told him he was going to give it to him, but then she ripped out the page that, like, says that
1: stuff. Also, I mean, this is, like, giving away the ending, which I feel like most people would know by now because we all know he's fake, but, like... Harold Hill told the worst fucking lie. Like, he was like, oh, I graduated from this conservatory in this year. And Marion's like, this town literally didn't exist until the year after that.
0: It wasn't like, hey, like, there wasn't a graduating class this year or, like, the conservatory didn't exist. The town didn't exist. (laughs) He didn't know
1: shit. He didn't know the territory.
0: So, anyways, she's on his side now. So, all the band instruments get ordered and in the act one finale, the Wells Fargo wagon, he rides in on a fucking like, F.A.O. Schwartz
1: <laughs> horse,
0: like a felt
1: horse. <laughs> I actually love this song, too. And like, I don't know, it's just so catchy. Everybody's like, oh, my God, the Wells Fargo wagon is coming to town. What is it going to bring? I ordered some salmon last season. Maybe it will come. <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, but yeah, no, like this. Actual, like, wagon-sized wagon. Like, I thought they would, like, scale it down or have, like, a fake thing or something with, like, an actual, like, animatronic full-size horse is, like, in there. And Harold Hill is just, like, standing on top of the, like, piled packages that this wagon is, like, bringing. Horizon, everyone's,
0: like, super pumped for their instruments. And that's the end. Of Act One, <laughs> of Act One, and then Act yeah. Two, we start with Shapoopy. which you know how we were making fun of Cole Porter for making up <laughs> words in uh-huh. "Kiss Me, Kate." Yep.
1: Um, what was the stuff
0: that he made up? Um,
1: it's in, in Too uh, Damn was Hot. it in "Too Damn Hot"?
0: It's in "Too Damn I'm Hot."
1: I'm gonna. I hit the woo Pitch with my the baby woo.
0: tonight. Hit <laughs> the, the woo, woo with the my woo. baby tonight. Um, I looked up Shapoopy, and everything I can find about it is specifically relating to music man. So, yeah, he I don't definitely know if made he that up. Also, just made he definitely just made it up. Well, Urban sure, Dictionary yeah. is like this is. It was just like Shapoopy means a girl that's hard to get, and I'm like, all right. So they just took
1: it very literally
0: right out of so, the show.
1: Again, according to Wikipedia, the dialogue surrounding the song does not explain the meaning of the term shippoopy, which Wilson said he (laughs) invented for the song. When the high school kids want to dance, Marcellus asks which song they want to hear. Tommy replies the shippoopy, which seems to indicate that shippoopy is a dance. The chorus states that it means a girl who's hard to get. And the first stanza says a woman who waits until the third date to kiss is your shippoopy. It's just like a fun song. They did actually also cut a song here from the musical. Like originally, the um act two opens with another barbershop number called It's You. I don't think we lose a whole lot by cutting it either.
0: A little old Sal was an old gal, as
2: anyone could see. Look at her now, she's a go gal who only goes for me. Squeeze her once when what she isn't looking. Back that's fancy cooking. Once more for a pepper upper? Never get sore on a way to supper. Don't for The girl is to get you yet.
0: What is Lida Rose and will I ever tell you?
1: Um that's when like Marion is like, oh, should I talk to him about like whatever? Being in love with him or something,
0: and then what's the song Gary Indiana? Wow, there's not a lot of important songs in Act Two, is there?
1: <laughs> Gary Indiana Loki also cracks me up because literally these are like the lyrics. She's like Gary Indiana, Gary Indiana, Gary Indiana, Gary Indiana. Like that is how the song goes, <laughs> and it's the town that you know, like Harold Hill is supposedly from, and it's sung by Winthrop. It's like a Winthrop song. Um, because oh, he's yeah, like he's oh good. my god yeah it's like it's adorable he's like oh my god like i love harold he's so cool he's from this like gary indiana place like gary indiana gary and also because there's no like sibilance in this song like he can sing the whole thing without uh lisping so oh, yeah. he's maybe like, that's why he likes
0: barely it. any s's in there but then af- after that it's when that the sales guy comes yeah yeah the evil salesman <laughs>
1: I mean, the to be fair, he's just like... You
0: gotta know the territory. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, he's like kind of looking out for them. Um, he just seems evil because everybody likes Hugh Jackman.
0: Right. But he's like, no, Harold's evil. And he like asks Miriam to point him to the mayor's office or the mayor's home. And she's like, that's okay. I can relay this information. And he's like no you clearly are on his side and then she makes out with him which is new um and then because he's a dumbass man he totally he knows that she doesn't like him either because she's like i love harold but she makes out with him anyway and he's like yes i will stay here and make out with her and nearly miss my train um So she successfully foils him the first time around Mm -hmm. by just a casual makeout session. And then, but then he's also like, you shouldn't trust him. He's got a Girl in every town, she's just like, oh shit. So she goes through this like existential crisis of like, is this really the guy I like? But then she's like, you know what? I know he's a traveling salesman. I'm just gonna like hook up with him like a modern woman and then like he's (laughs) gonna be gone and it's fine. So she like has all this inner dialogue and then Harold shows up again and she's like, I hate you, but it's fine. And yeah that's what but then she sings
1: till there was you so that's
0: when they meet right
1: uh when like harold shows back up again or like yeah they they like say like oh well like i'll meet you before they're having like an ice cream social or something so like right before that she's like oh let's meet up before we go yeah at
0: this bridge and um He's like, I'll meet you there in twenty minutes or something, and she or fifteen mm-hmm. and she has to change and she freaks out because she has to change. Her mom's really happy. They meet at a footbridge. They sing till there was you, which is probably She's the like, other breakout song. You've
1: never met with a man at the footbridge.
0: I <laughs> guess the footbridge like? is the
1: place for like meeting men. Yeah. Now they love each other. And she's like, yeah, oh, it's, it's so actually bad. like a really cute conversation because Harold Hill is like, oh, well, like every town I go to, I've always had my foot in the door, like ready to go out. And this time, like I got stuck in the door or something, which is honestly a very strange image. But like, it, it's cute. I promise. But then
0: Marion was like, you gave me so much. And then she sings till there was you because I guess it's just like their town was sad and her brother was silent. Before he yeah. showed up. And then they do that Goodnight My Someone and 76 trombones duet thing that you were talking about. That was truly very confusing to me. I mean, now that you've told me that they're the same thing, it makes sense. But was there even music? I feel like maybe there wasn't music. Because weren't they just like was, walking away? It was like they were basically standing on like opposite sides of the stage or something. I don't know. Just mm-hmm. like after Till There Was You... Good night, my someone next to 76 trombones just doesn't seem to make sense. I guess like it could make sense in the sense that they're, it's just like this is who they were at the start of the show. And like now they like each other. What are the chances? But like they right. don't really they're not saying the same thing. Like I don't well, I there's kind nothing of clicks with the songs next to each other.
1: I kind of see the, like, when they switch roles, like when Marion starts singing 76 trombones and Harold Hill starts singing Good Night, My Someone. I, I think that actually makes more sense. Usually,
0: like, when you have reprises, especially towards the end of the show, where you're combining multiple songs from earlier in the show, there's supposed to be, like, a magical moment. And there's no magical right. moment.
1: yeah. I guess the magical moment was supposed to be you realizing that they're the same song, but I also just, I like, did not. I didn't realize it until I read Jesse Green's review, and he was like, well, obviously, these two are the same song, and this is blah, 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 and I was like, wait, wait, back wait, up a second. Asshole. What? <laughs> I was shocked.
2: There was love around But I knew-
1: God, wait, hold on. I'm just reading this again. And literally, this is what Jesse Green starts with. There comes a moment in the latest Broadway production of Meredith Wilson's The Music Man when high spirits, terrific dancing, and big stars align in an extended marvel of showbiz salesmanship. Unfortunately, that moment is the curtain call. What a savage. (laughs) We are pretty much at the curtain call. Basically,
0: um, the... Is it that this, the the salesman, the territory salesman, finds the mayor and tells him the truth? Yeah. Is that what happens? Yeah. And then the whole town's like on a witch hunt for him and... Marcellus and Marion are like, you gotta go. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay. Even if it means I have to go to jail, I need to be with you. And I'm like, well, if you go to jail, you're not going to be with her. They capture him. They're like, we're going to tar and feather him. And then Marion gives a speech that's just like, but think about all the great times we've had this summer and like how he's like picked up the mood and attitude of the whole town and all of the kids and
1: then all of a sudden everyone's like you know what she's right and they're like oh well like if you delivered on your promises or whatever like why can't our kids play and he's like oh but they can't i don't even remember this part um but basically like marion like takes her teaching uh, stick thing and she like breaks it in half and she like hands him like you know whatever smaller half to use as a baton and he's just like i'm so fucked because these kids know nothing and they sound I don't terrible know why she gave him a
0: stick <laughs> like she knew it wasn't gonna work <laughs> yeah.
1: oh She's also like, like when he was stick
0: will change things <laughs>
1: They sound terrible as expected, but all the, ki- the all the parents are, like, crying. They're like, oh my god, my kid is Him so nice. good. <laughs> They're doing a thing. And the kids, and,
0: to be here are, like, hyped as fuck. So,
1: yeah, good for them. Which, like, I kind of like the way they did this ending, because it's not just like, oh, everything's fine. I mean, that's what it seems like, but it's like, it's not, like, a perfect happy ending. It's kind of like a like, we are we know he, like, tried to screw us over, but we're going to let him get away with it because the the ends justify the means, essentially. And, like, now that he's in town, if he tries to screw us over again, we can, like, fuck him up or something. I don't know. But, yeah, so, like, it's, like, it's not your traditional perfectly happy, happily, every after, happily ever after, but, like, it's close enough to, like, justify its position in as a golden age musical without feeling too saccharine, I guess.
0: Yeah. And then like it fast forwards or something. And then I assume probably mostly Marion teaches the band how to actually play. <laughs> and then Winthrop, yeah. Cause he's not going to do shit. And then Winthrop <laughs> shows up and plays and like, you know, he's like, Super legit walks on a stage with his instrument. I'm like, hell yeah, the band's gonna play for real this time because this is a couple months into the future and like we're seeing their hard work pay off and that's how this show's gonna end. And then Winthrop plays like three notes and then the actual show's orchestra conductor is like, just stop. And then (laughs) he starts up the actual band. And
1: everybody does like a curtain call change.
0: Yeah, is this when they put on that like white band
1: outfit? Yeah, the, like um Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman oh, are all in outfit. like the white band outfits and everybody her else. is, is in, like, super red weird. Band it's like a floor-length
0: gown that's
1: Yeah, exactly I'm not a of fan of that look for her. 76,
0: Tony noms
1: obviously they're gonna get nominated for like Sutton Foster Hugh Jackman are definitely gonna get nominated for this
0: I think they should get costume and choreo
1: probably director I don't really, about
0: set. I don't really care about the set that much
1: I, that was the thing that like I think most people were complaining about was they said that the set looked cheap and like It was like unclear if they were purposely trying to invoke like an older Broadway set where it's just like a backdrop and maybe like a couple sliding doors, you know, like it like because it wasn't a very modern set. It was like, I mean, we couldn't even see the backdrop from where we were, but like it's just like one of those like painted backdrops. And so
0: I thought Marion's house was quite beautiful. Oh, that was Um, cute. Yeah. And the other like scenes I can really remember are like these kind of like town gathering scenes and it did look cheap, I guess, but it didn't bother me because it's this like small town in Iowa and it's like their little town gathering room. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, it's got the same vibe as like the town hall room in Gilmore girls. And I thought that's
1: just what they were going for. Mm. Well, so the, like this team, the correct, Direct. I tried to combine choreographer and director, and I said corrector. Um, The (laughs) choreographer and the director are the same team, and also like Scott Rudin, who originally was producing this, um, that did um, the revival of Hello Dolly with Bette Midler, which like everybody loved apparently to quite honestly an absurd degree, Um, and like that had like a pretty high production value. Like I think the sets were better there and stuff. Um And so I think that's what people were expecting out of this. So when it was kind of just like one backdrop and maybe like a couple different set pieces that would come on and off, people were like, oh, why am I paying $600 for this?
0: Yeah. What was their budget aside from the two leads? Because I guess there isn't anything else that looks that expensive.
1: You're right. Well, so they actually got like, um the other supporting characters are also like Tony winners. Um, oh, wow. Like... Shyler Hensley as the as Marcellus, the like buddy. He won a Tony for like some version of Oklahoma, not the most recent one, I don't think. But yeah, they really went hard on the supporting characters when they really did not need to. Like, yeah, they don't don't do a whole lot.
0: (laughs) So they just had too much money. They're like a startup. Well, so their budget, and they're like, we can handle it because Hugh Jackman will sell six hundred dollar
1: tickets. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, they're cap. They capitalized for like twenty four million dollars, which again, Moulin Rouge was like twenty eight million, and Hamilton was like ten million. So to put, much put that into perspective,
0: going on in Moulin Rouge,
1: <laughs> I would say. I mean, my pick for revival would be Company. Still, um, yeah. a lot of people like Carolina Change. I'm having a tough time with it. I would I pick this over Carolina Change, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely also love company
0: i thought this like had a really good chance but since the critic reviews came out i feel like company has to be like the general front runner still yeah.
1: hopefully and also it's like it's like that thing where it's like do you want a revival that just does like a s- mostly traditional reenactment of the show or do you want like a revival that does an actual like reimagining that like brings it into a different context which is like kind of what these two are like the differences between them um right
0: i mean both of them like obviously this made a lot less changes than company right but i feel like both of their changes were good like i appreciated
1: what both of the
0: shows changed i mean funny girl
1: is still coming but yeah so stay tuned and we will be back with a new musical next time uh this was a rare revival review that you're hearing it's such a big may show. May not funny, girl. just had to talk about it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned for other new musicals of this season and you can stay in touch by following us on Twitter or Instagram at bottomless B-Way or email us at bottomless at at gmail.com. And We'll be back in another two weeks. So just keep us in your podcast feeds on whatever podcast player that you prefer. And we'll talk to you next time. Someone